Mountain Town, Lorraine, by Ivory Harlow. I, higher Mommy Wyatt shouted. His demand called Lorraine back from daydreaming. She panicked instinctively, scanning for the whereabouts of her twin toddlers, Belle and Cassidy. They were just where she left them, a few feet from the swings, scooping playground gravel in their little hands. Lorraine cursed herself for letting her mind wander. It has been happening more often lately. She likened it to out-of-body experiences in which she watched herself, 25 years old, three children under six, unemployed, unmotivated, going through the motions of life without living, and wondered what the hell happened. Yet, here she was, with no direction or sense of control over her life. Most days, Lorraine felt like she deserved a gold star simply for surviving. At least Wyatt is living his best life, she thought, taking in her six-year-old son's delight over the swings. Lorraine had just picked him up from a M kindergarten. The school was an arm of Our Lady of Peace, where the family went to church. It was a few blocks walk from their house. The small city park and playground was in between. Lorraine made a routine of stopping at the park every day after school to help the kids to burn off some energy before settling in for the afternoon. Wyatt was a wild and spirited kid that needed a lot of attention and exercise. In addition to her restless spirit, her son had her red hair and freckles. The girls' looks favored their daddy. They had Jessup's platinum blonde hair, creamy white skin, and shamrock green. Wah! Belle bellowed Lorraine turned to see Cassidy pelting her sister with pebbles. Enough. She pulled the red wagon over to the girls and plopped them inside. Come on, Wyatt. Time to go home, Lorraine called to her eldest son. Oh, man, Wyatt whined, trailing behind Lorraine and the wagon. Lorraine and Jessup lived on the south side of Mountain Town. The side locals called the wrong side. It wasn't crime-ridden or dangerous, just old and unkempt. It was, however, the only place they could afford to rent a three-bedroom, two-bath house, big enough for their family. Another benefit of the location was that Lorraine and the kids could walk anywhere they needed to go when Jessup drove the family's sole vehicle to work. The park was four blocks West Wyatt's school, was two blocks further. They had to cross the tracks to access Mountain Town's only grocery store. The food bank was on their side of the tracks. She and the twins walked to the food bank on Mondays after dropping Wyatt off at kindergarten. Unlike the twins, Wyatt was old enough to know the difference between the food bank and the grocery store, and mentioned going there to his dad. Jessup was proud. Knowing she took handouts to feed his family would break him. Can we come back to the park? When the twins wake up from their nap, Wyatt trotted to match his mom's pace pulling the wagon. Maybe? Depends. Depends on what? If daddy is home for supper, it's nice to stay home and spend time with him. Jessup worked at Johnson's Feed. He warehoused feed and supplies, worked the checkout, and advised customers regarding feeding their pig, sheep, goat, and cattle 4-H projects. He started working for Mr. Johnson in high school, earned an FF, a American degree before graduating, then went to work for Mr. Johnson full-time after graduation. As an hourly employee, Mr. Johnson could only give him 40 hours a week legally. 40 hours wasn't enough to make ends meet for his family of five. Mr. Johnson paid him cash, under the table, to do pickups and deliveries after hours and on weekends. The kids' early bedtimes meant it wasn't uncommon for them to go days without seeing their dad. Lorraine made the best of the time Jessup had to spend with them. She kept the house tidy, made meals by scratch, and tried to minimize the grumbling and grousing, but Jess was perpetually tired, overworked, and had little patience for their kids acting like kids.
He wanted downtime. The kids wanted their dad. If daddy is home for supper, maybe he'll want to go to the park with us, Wyatt proposed. Maybe, Lorraine said, doubtful, she thought. Said. Let's see what you're wearing today. Little man Wyatt's teachers insisted on a fashion show when Lorraine dropped him off at preschool. I love the Western embroidery. A teacher pointed out the metallic rust stitching Lorraine embellished on his jeans and matching jean jacket. Did you read his t-shirt shirt? It says too tough to cry. Another teacher opened his jacket to display the shirt Lorraine had made. Wyatt struck a pose. He enjoyed being the center of attention. He needs a reminder, sometimes Lorraine smiled. You are so talented. You should get your fashion designs into some of the local shops, the teachers urged her. The twins wore leggings that looked like denim and turquoise shirt dresses with a black winter rose pattern. She'd made them each a matching headband, but Cassidy was the only one that wore it. Belle had hers off before they left the house. Lorraine taught herself to sew in middle school. She started making simple patterns, like leggings out of stretchy fabric with matching hair scrunchies. When she mastered those, she bought items at garage sales and thrift stores and updated them with alterations. By high school, she had a thriving alterations business. She was in high demand during prom season, sewing padded bra cups into gowns. The rest of the year, she had plenty of business hemming skirts too and shorts the minimum length Mountain Town High's dress code required. She sewed patches on letter jackets and made varsity duffel bags featuring the school mascot. Back in high school, Lorraine dreamed of going to New York City to study fashion design. She snuck to the library to read about Parsons, Pratt, and Fashion Institute of Technology, FIT, in America's Best Colleges Guidebook. At $38,000 tuition, Parsons and Pratt were out, but maybe she could cover $6,000 tuition at the Fashion Institute with the financial aid. No one in Lorraine's family had been to college. She made an appointment with the high school guidance counselor, Mr. Jerry, to help her understand the application process. Which school? Mr. Jerry asked. He seemed disinterested the minute Lorraine sat down in his office. The Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, Lorraine said sheepishly. She'd never spoken her dream aloud to anyone. Mr. Jerry sighed audibly. He removed his glasses and set them on the desk, then ran his hand over his balding head. Have you ever been to New York City, Lorraine? She sounded annoyed. She shook her head. Have you thought about fitting in? It's not Mountain Town, you know. I know. He reluctantly turned to his computer and typed the name of the institution. First, you need to take the SAT test, he said while he navigated to the Fashion Institute's admission requirements. Then, you have to request for Mountain Town High School to send your grades to the Institute's admissions office. After that, you need to submit an application. If you get accepted, you can fill out a FAFSA for student financial aid. You can also look for scholarships to help with the cost of tuition, but money doesn't grow on trees. Scholarships are competitive. There isn't any guarantee, he warned. I understand, Lorraine said, regretting she made the appointment. Everything Mr. Jerry said was plain as day on the internet. What she really needed was his encouragement. He pulled an SAT test schedule transcript request form, and FAFSA, out of his filing cabinet and passed them to Lorraine. He scrutinized her as she flipped through the documents. College isn't for everyone, he said abruptly. Lorraine looked up from the paperwork. Most girls like you end up back in Mountain Town pregnant before second semester. Her jaw dropped. Mr. Jerry registered her shock and tried to soften the blow. 
I'm only looking out for you, Lorraine. Save yourself the trouble and expense. With that, he stood and ushered Lorraine out of the office. Lorraine walked down the hallway with her head hung in defeat. She tossed the papers in the nearest recycle bin and promised herself she'd never share her dream with another soul again. Three, delivering pellet feed tonight, should be home by. Jessup texted Lorraine when she was putting the girls down for an afternoon nap. She texted back a thumbs up emoji to acknowledge she got the message, then crammed her phone into her back pocket. A surge of anger flushed her pale face pink. She'd sure like some alone time, even if it was in a delivery truck. Her anger was short-lived as she watched the twins' sleepy eyelids sink. It wasn't like Jessup was out joyriding. He was putting in the extra hours for their family. He handed his paychecks over to Lorraine without spending a cent on himself. That morning, Lorraine told him to change shirts before he left for work because the one he was wearing had a torn sleeve. You've had that shirt as long as I've known you, she said. You should probably just throw it away. It still has a few miles left in it. Can't you mend it? He asked Lorraine red between the limes. He refused to spend money on new clothes for himself. Yet he didn't bat an eye when Lorraine splurged on fabric and supplies to make the kids new clothes. She'd never shared her dream of being a big city fashion designer with Jessup. He recognized her talent nevertheless and encouraged her to develop it. She appreciated his praise and tried not to resent him for having a career. After all, Jessup wasn't living out his dreams working double time at the feed store. The difference was that Jessup felt satisfied with the life they had, while Lorraine wanted more. Why can't I just be grateful for what I have? Lorraine scolded herself. That Sunday at church, Lorraine prayed to God, please get me out of this funk. Help me be thankful for my family, our health and comfort. Jessup worked seven days a week, but never missed attending Sunday service at Our Lady of Peace as a family. Lorraine hadn't grown up going to church, but Jessup's family was devoutly religious. She started attending Mass with Jessup's family when they were high school sweethearts. His mother wouldn't have it any other way. These days, the kids fought for prime seating next to Grandpa and Grammy in the pew. Lorraine dressed her children to the nines for Mass. This week, the girls wore shirred, ruffled hem sundresses with tiny white flowers. Belle's dress was lavender, and Cassidy's was yellow. Wyatt wore a light blue short sleeve button-down shirt with navy bow tie, suspenders, and linen shorts. Jessup paraded his children around like little models and beamed with pride when people complimented his beautiful family. I always knew you two would have the cutest kids, Jenna said, as they nursed coffees in the church basement after service. Jenna graduated high school the same year as Lorraine and Jessup, but unlike them, she left for college after graduation. She worked at the Mountain Town Library Circulation Desk during high school, earned a degree in library science, and came back to work as Mountain Town Library's programs coordinator. Somehow, it seemed less offensive to have left Mountain Town, experienced the world, and willfully come back to live here like Jenna did. Though they were the same age, Jenna's natural optimism and perkiness made her seem younger and happier than Lorraine. What have you been up to, Lorraine? asked Jenna to change the subject. Growing my photography business, Jenna offered. She had won best in class every year in the art barn at the county fair since she could hold a camera. Lorraine remembered seeing a picture of Jenna in the Mountain Town Dispatch after she'd won first place at the state fair. Jenna was a skilled photographer. This spring, I got a gig taking pictures with the Easter Bunny on the town square. In fall, I'll be at Valley Pecan Farm's pumpkin patch. And this winter, the city hired me to take photos with Santa at the festival downtown. Congrats. Lorraine tried to sound excited for her. 
though she actually felt envy. Thank you. If Lorraine's voice had a hint of disdain over her successful side hustle, Jenna hadn't noticed. Jenna pulled up the Jenna Wheeler photography website on her phone and handed it to Lorraine. I need to add more portraits of kids, couples, and families to my online portfolio. Lorraine scrolled through Jenna's images. They reflected her personal style, clean, sharp, and sweet. Would you let me take pictures of your kids for my portfolio and social media, Jenna asked. I'll give you digital copies of everything. I can also make prints and enlargements for you and Jessup. Lorraine had never had professional pictures of the kids. She could frame some photos for the house and give them as gifts to Grandpa and Grammy. That sounds fun. When do you want to do it? How about this week? We can do spring and summer sessions outside first. I'll brainstorm some indoor places to take fall and winter. That'll give me enough time to design and sew cold weather outfits. Lorraine felt inspired to return home and spend the afternoon drawing in her design. You're the best, Lorraine, Jenna said, as if Lorraine was doing her a big favor. Jenna had no idea she was the answer to Lorraine's prayers. Ivy. Lorraine and Jenna decided on balloons and polka dots for a summer theme, green grass and sunshine for spring, a rustic barn for fall, and a snow-covered sleigh for winter. She made the girls red with white polka dot dresses with oversized collars for the summer shoot. Wyatt wore a matching polka dot shirt with inverted colors and white shorts. They all held red balloons. Wyatt wore pastel chinos with a patchwork short-sleeve Oxford shirt for the spring shoot Lorraine added a bunny patch, like it was peeking out of his shirt pocket, and a cluster of carrots patch on his jeans. The girls wore soft jean dresses embroidered with chicks and colored eggs. They shot an hour after sunrise, while the air was still crisp from overnight. Jenna photoshopped to enhance the greenness of the grass to make the scenery appear more fresh April than dry July. A local rancher lent them the use of his barn for the fall portraits. He offered his fully restored 1946 Chevrolet 3000, 100 pickup as a photo prop. The truck's shiny green paint made the girl's eyes pop and looked great with Wyatt's tweed jacket. With Hunter Green Elk, Mountain Town stored the sleigh they used for the annual Christmas parade inside the city municipal building. Jenna got permission to take pictures inside the building. The kids delighted in tossing around faux snow and feasting on last year's stale peppermint candy canes. Lorraine dressed the girls in frosty white lace tops with a plaid red and white tunics and matching leggings and headbands. Wyatt wore a red striped vest with a matching bow tie and wool trouser pants. The big black buttons on his vest complemented his black dress shoes and long sleeve shirt. Jenna played Christmas music during the shoot. By the time they'd finished, the kids were in the Christmas spirit. Wyatt asked if they could go home, so he could make his Christmas list. Lorraine reminded him it was 93 degrees outside, the middle of summer. The candy cane princesses went viral on social media. Jenna texted Lorraine a few days later. I posted the pic less than 24 hours ago, and it already has thousands of likes. The viral pic was of Belle and Cassidy toasting candy canes in the belly of the sleigh while Wyatt perched backwards on the buckboard seat. The kids' smiles were sweet and genuine. Their outfits looked festive and fantastic. Lorraine opened Instagram on her phone. Jenna tagged her in the post. The heart count was 11K. She opened Facebook and saw it had even more likes and shares on that platform. Lorraine added her own likes and shared Jenna's posts on her personal pages. She was just about to exit the platform when she noticed a notification from Messenger Probably Jenna letting me know she'd tagged me Lorraine opened the app. The instant message wasn't from Jenna after all. 
It was from Dallas Delaney Lorraine zoomed in on the profile picture, a headshot of a middle-aged woman with meticulous makeup and coiffed hair. She didn't recognize the woman. Curiosity prompted her to click open the message. Greetings, Lorraine Eleni 7. My name is Mary Delaney. I am a retail buyer for Neiman Marcus Group, NMG headquartered in Dallas, Texas. I manage children's clothing and accessory lines. I am on the lookout for emerging brands. I saw your clothing line featured on Jenna Wheeler Photography. Your design's Western aestheticism, tenderness, innocence, cuteness will appeal to Neiman shoppers. I'm interested in learning more about your company. Will you be at Kids Expo in Dallas in September? If so, I'd love to meet with you and see samples. You can reach my office at 214-563-7900 or email Mulaney at nng.com. Lorraine opened her Google app to search Kids Expo Dallas Mary seemed to think she'd know what it was, but she'd never heard of it. The website claimed it was the biggest, best attended, and longest-running children's apparel and accessory trade show in the United States. The list of attendees boasted thousands of retailers, sellers, and manufacturers of kids' products. She read, Kids Expo is your opportunity to meet buyers, suppliers, and media. Every word made her heart beat faster. She desperately wanted to go. Lorraine clicked the link to learn more. Part of her knew she was only setting herself up for disappointment. She wasn't in the same league as the exhibitors on the list. Her production level was three. She didn't have time or money to travel to Dallas, let alone pay the exhibitors' booth rental fee of $2,700. Lorraine put her phone away and tried to forget about it. Yet she found herself irresistibly and dangerously drawn to reopen the tab with Expo Info several times that day. She drafted a dozen replies to Mary Delaney, only to delete them before sending. Intuitively, she knew the only right answer was, yes, I'll be- Mary's message had kindled hope that it wasn't too late for her to make something of herself. She believed that if she didn't make her dream of fashion design happen now, it never would. She needed someone to talk some sense into her Jessup supported her design work, but didn't know how much it meant to her and how much she wanted to make something of it. Her mother-in-law had an open ear and kind heart, but she'd been a content housewife her entire life and thought Lorraine should be the same. Jenna recognized Lorraine's talent, and as a young, female business owner herself, seemed like the right person to talk to. Perhaps more important, Jenna wouldn't shoot down the opportunity as a pipe dream. It wasn't her personality. Lorraine had plenty of her own ammo to do that. Right now, she needed encouragement from a friend. Wanna go to the library this afternoon, Lorraine asked when she picked Wyatt up from school. He nodded enthusiastically. She'd hooked the shade umbrella up to the wagon and packed drinks and snacks for the trek across town. She texted Jenna, We're on our way to the library. Can you spare a few minutes to chat? Jenna's reply came instantly, 100%. I brought you a coffee from the break room, Jenna said, handing Lorraine a paper cup. She sat down next to her at the kitty table in the children's section. It's not Starbucks, she joked. What's up? Lorraine was relieved they were the only people in the children's area. It was private and well-insulated, set off from the rest of the library. A buyer from Neiman Marcus saw your photos. She messaged me, interested in my apparel line. Lorraine hesitated before continuing. The prospective buyer asked if my brand will be at a big trade show coming up in Dallas this fall. OMG. That's exciting news, Jenna said with pure delight for her friend. Lorraine's shoulders fell. 
except I don't have a brand. I don't have a line. I have a sewing machine at my kitchen table, and skill, and talent, and unique designs that you created. Jenna nearly fell out of her chair cheering her friend on. Booth rental at the trade show is $2,700. I don't have that kind of money. Not to mention money to outfit the booth. I don't have marketing materials. I don't even know where to start. Lorraine's voice trailed off as the list of potential expenses grew. Do you think I'm crazy for wanting to do it anyway? She asked. No. Jenna looked directly at Lorraine. What are the chances of your talent being discovered out here in Mountain Town? Getting in with a big-time buyer. Kids Expo is your chance. We can find a way. How? Lorraine buried her head in her face, feeling overwhelmed. I can do your marketing materials at cost. Logo, banners, catalog, business cards. Jessup built the set for the church's living nativity. He has crazy carpentry skills. He can build out your booth, Jenna suggested. The living nativity he made was pretty amazing. Catholic Ministry Today, a national publication even featured a picture of the scene. Do you think Jessup's parents can watch the kids while you're in Dallas? I bet they can Lorraine brightened as attending the trade show might be possible after all. But even with your and Jessup's help, I don't have money for printing and building materials, let alone the exhibitor fee. Her confidence waned. Jenna rested her hand on Lorraine's arm. Ms. Ramona at the Small Business Administration teaches small business classes at the library. I sat in on her financing your small business session this spring. Maybe she had ideas. Let me call her, Jenna suggested. Lorraine nodded in approval. In the meantime, tell Mary Delaney. You'll see her there, Jenna said matter-of-fact. V. Lorraine returned to the library the next afternoon to meet with Ms. Ramona. She'd been up most of the night preparing a cost estimate that included the exhibitor fee, building materials and paint, print materials, fabric and supplies, travel and lodging. Jenna and Jessup's services in kind reduced the costs significantly, but she still needed to come up with $9,600. She brought samples to show Ms. Ramona and talked about her vision for her brand, which she named Sweet Lorraine. She told Ms. Ramona about the opportunity to meet with the prospective buyer at the expo. I have good news and bad news, Ramona said. Which first? Let's get bad out of the way. Your costs to exhibit at the trade show are realistic she said, scanning the estimate. The real expenses come after you make your first sale. Retailers require a volume you can't manage out of your home. You'll need digital patterns and a clothing manufacturer. You'll have to pay for bulk fabric and embellishments. In short, expect significant startup costs before you receive a penny payback, Ramona explained. Lorraine had been so focused on the trade show that she hadn't thought about what would happen if she actually got the sale. Don't worry. She sensed Lorraine's concern. We can cross that bridge when we get there. The SBA has small business loans for operating capital. Is that the good news? No. Ramona smiled as though she was harboring a delicious secret. In that case, I can use some good news. The good news is that there is currently a one-time $5,000 grant for women-owned businesses in rural counties. Your project is eligible. That is good news. Wait. It gets better Ramona held up her finger. The Filson Foundation agrees to match funds awarded to businesses in Mountain Town. That will bring your total award to $10,000. Enough to cover your costs, Ramona held up the estimate. Thank you, Lorraine told Ramona. No need to thank me. It's my job to help young, talented entrepreneurs like you.
I'll get started on the paperwork as soon as I get back to my office. Lorraine shared the good news with Jenna before leaving the library. I'm so excited for you. When are you going to tell Jessup? Tonight. At least now when I ask him to build out the booth, I have a way to buy materials. I have a feeling he'll rally to help Jenna said Lorraine wasn't as certain Jessup was traditional like his folks. He might not take to the idea of her starting a business, thinking it would distract from her family duties. There was only one way to find out, saying. Lorraine tucked the kids in bed before the talk with Jessup. She found him outside, hunched over the vehicle, changing the oil. How's it going? She broke the ice. Good? He looked surprised to see her. Just a routine oil change. I'm always surprised how fast 5,000 miles goes. He stood back and dropped the hood. I'm just glad the old girl's still kicking. He patted the hood. Jessup traded his pickup for an old Jeep Cherokee when Lorraine found out she was pregnant with twins. He drove the pickup through high school. He, she, and Wyatt fit the truck fine, but it wasn't sufficient for a family of five. Jessup had loved that truck. She loved riding around with him in it before they had babies. It pained him to trade it. I came out here to tell you something and ask for your help, Lorraine said. She'd rehearsed the conversation in her head, but now that it was happening, she felt self-conscious. Jessup eyed her curiously. You know the pictures of the kids Jenna took? Yeah. They captured the attention of a children's apparel buyer in Dallas. She works for Neiman Marcus. Her name is Mary Delaney. Anyway, Miss Delaney contacted me to ask about carrying my stuff in Neiman Marcus's children's department. Is she legit? Did you Google her? Jessup asked. He was practical and cautious. Lorraine anticipated his asking. She gave me her office phone and email at nmg.com. Her LinkedIn profile checks out. Lorraine responded. There is a trade show in Dallas in September. Kids Expo is an opportunity to debut my brand, meet Ms. Delaney, and other buyers. It could be my big break. Jessup wiped his greasy hands on a shop rag. Making clothes for stores is different from making them for our kids. I know that. Are you sure it's what you want to do? More than anything, Lorraine's eyes grew misty as she braced herself for Jessup's disapproval. Well, if it's what you want to do, you don't need my permission to do it, he reminded her. Tears began trickling out of the corners of her eyes. She hastily wiped them away. She didn't want Jessup's permission. She wanted his support. Seeing she was upset, he took a step towards her with open arms. Lorraine eagerly tucked herself in them. I know you love our kids and that you love me. I also know you've always needed more than us to make you happy. I used to think that more money, a nicer house, a newer car would help, but I don't anymore. You want more from yourself. Lorraine nodded Jessup saw and understood her. He kissed her forehead. If this is the more you need, I'm here to help you. Just tell me what to do. Better. I'll show you Lorraine took Jessup's hand and led him into the house. She spread rough sketches that turned a tungsten booth into a child's playroom with brightly colored walls, with several mounted pipe racks to display clothing samples. We can hide lead light strips under the crown molding to illuminate the racks and cast a spotlight on the brand name. Sweet Lorraine. Can you build it? Lorraine asked hopefully. Heck yeah. I can build it. Jessup typed list of building materials on his phone. After a few minutes, he sat back in his chair and read over the list, calculating. There are at least a couple thousand bucks in materials here. Don't worry about it, Lorraine told Jessup about the $10,000 small business grant she'd been awarded from the SBA and Filson Foundation. That's my girl. You can't build it on site, like the nativity.
I can build it in the garage. How are we going to get it to Dallas Lorraine thought through the logistics? I'll ask Mr. Johnson if we can borrow the feed store's delivery truck and cargo trailer. I'll offer to pay him for gas and miles. He won't mind. How will I assemble it in Dallas? I barely know how to charge a drill. I'll come with you. Really? You think Mr. Johnson will let you off work? He will. If I explain how much it means to you. You ask Mr. Johnson about taking time off, and I'll ask your mom and dad to watch the kids. Already did Jessup scooted his phone across the table to Lorraine. She saw a text message from his mom confirming the dates. Lorraine lifted her body from her chair into Jessup's lap. Thank you for being the best husband. She wrapped her arms around his neck and kissed him. Sweet Lorraine, he said, looking into her eyes. The name fits. The E. The latest press release said there will be over a thousand exhibitors and 50,000 attendees at this year's Kids Expo. Lorraine told Jessup as they pulled a flatbed through the Dallas Convention Center, Lorraine felt overwhelmed by the immensity of the show, and it didn't even start until tomorrow. Exhibitors were allowed early entry the night before the event in order to set up booths. Jessup constructed the Sweet Lorraine booth in modules. Once they found her spot in the exhibit hall, the rest of the setup was simple. Jessup anchored the walls, hung the racks, and plugged in the lights while Lorraine unpacked the enlarged photos of Wyatt Cassidy and Belle wearing Sweet Lorraine. Last but not least, he fixed an oversized S. Sweet Lorraine logo. Ready? Jessup held the power cords in his hand as he smiled at Lorraine. Three, two, one. Counted down playfully, then lit up the booth. They took a step back to admire their handiwork. They'd transformed the bland booth space to the perfect playroom display. The teal Sweet Lorraine logo looked classy. The colorful walls and decor matched the look and feel of Lorraine's designs. It's awesome, Lorraine said, kissing Jessup on the cheek. Thank you. My pleasure. He wrapped his arm around her shoulder and squeezed. I'd like to ask Sweet Lorraine out to supper, but she's real classy. You'll have to take her somewhere classy than Lorraine teased and took his hand like McDonald's. It was an inside joke. Happy meals were the kids' favorite treat when they went to the sit. Lorraine squeezed Jessup's hand with a death grip. Ouch, he wailed as they walked out of the convention center to enjoy a night on the town. Ikes, the trade show opened at a.m. Lorraine was in place at a.m., wearing a vintage teal suit she'd altered for a perfect fit. She exchanged emails with Mary prior to the event Mary told her she'd be by Sweet Lorraine that afternoon to view samples and talk business. Go get em, a text came in from Jessup. Lorraine texted back a tiger emoji. By 10 a.m., the exhibit hall was packed with attendees Lorraine met boutique buyers from Atlanta and Nashville. Their feedback was similar to Mary's. The traditional, innocent, high-quality look of her fashions would appeal to luxury shoppers in their store. She exchanged business cards and promised to make follow-up appointments. Even if Neiman's didn't pan out, the money, time, and effort attending the trade show would pay off. The biggest benefit was the boost in confidence. She felt like a boss standing in front of her teal logo, wearing her teal suit. Lorraine could take on the world. I love this, a woman said as she flipped through the sweet Lorraine catalog that Jenna put together. It's cute and age-appropriate. I'm so over the attitude t-shirts. Lorraine laughed. You must have a daughter. Yes, she's six. She doesn't understand why I won't let her wear the chintzy crop tops her friends wear. I mean, she is six. It's not much better for boys. My son is, 
Lorraine found common ground. I'm Lorraine. Ah, sweet Lorraine, the woman said, noting the logo sign. Emelena. I'm actually attending the expo to represent my employer, but I couldn't resist the draw of your booth. I like your style and your marketing is on point. Thank you, Lorraine smiled. Who is your employer? Lot, a product design and development firm in California. We do everything from factory sourcing, clothing manufacturing, logistics. Elena's voice trailed. Have you heard of Little Cotton or Dandy Brands? Yes, of course, Lorraine said of the popular children's brands. They are our clients Elena dug in her purse and handed Lorraine a card and brochure Lorraine looked it over. Starstruck. Check us out if you're considering changing your service provider. Lorraine didn't let on that she didn't have a service provider. We can handle large volumes. With a fast turnaround, Elena lowered her voice and leaned in. The quality trumps anything out of China or Pakistan. We don't cut corners in California. Lorraine had done some preliminary searching for manufacturers. Outsourcing was common and the reviews on quality were not good. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lorraine said. She made a mental note to check out the lot website after the show. Elena had wished her good luck and was exiting the booth when an impeccably dressed woman walked towards her, arm extended. Lorraine recognized her from the profile picture. Hello, Ms. Delaney. It's great to meet you in person. Please. Call me Mary, she begged. You do not disappoint Lorraine. Your exhibit is everything I hoped it'd be. Her eyes darted from rack to rack. Would you like to sit Lorraine motion to the table? She retrieved samples for Mary and showed additional designs in the Sweet Lorraine catalog. Originally, I fell in love with your winter collection, but Neiman's plans six months prior to the date products appear in our stores. So that pushes us to debut Sweet Lorraine in spring, Mary said. I'd like to conduct a product testing phase in Neiman's southern locations, from California to Virginia. My gut tells me Sweet Lorraine will have a major appeal to traditional southern sensibilities. Of course, customers everywhere will be able to purchase your products from Neiman's. Lorraine nodded eagerly, excited about everything Mary was saying. How long will the test phase be? 90 days. And if the product testing phase meets your expectations, Mary's eyes lit up. We will develop a Sweet Lorraine brand strategy that might include expanding into more stores or increasing the volume in key stores. Sweet Lorraine will be what we call a partner brand, Mary explained. Neiman's has 5,000 brand partners across all lines. Lorraine got goosebumps at the thought of Sweet Lorraine being number 5001. What are the next steps? Mary scribbled numbers on the catalog Lorraine had provided. This should give you an idea of the number of pieces we'll purchase for spring. I'll email you with a formal document when I get back to this office, along with a delivery schedule and the information I'll need from you for the contract. Perfect, Lorraine proclaimed and shook Mary's hand. I'm thrilled to do business with Neiman's, and you. I think this is the beginning of something big, for both of us, Mary said. X, one year later. Lorraine, congrats on the success of Sweet Lorraine. I am delighted you accepted an exclusive brand partnership with Neiman's. Sweet Lorraine's winter line will have prime positioning in all 36 Neiman stores this holiday season. By now, you should have received the partnership agreement from the business department. The terms include the orders, payments, delivery systems, etc. that we talked about. Call me with questions. Cheers. Amp. She. Lorraine and Jessup danced and made funny faces while Jenna snapped pictures of the kids laughing at their parents' silliness.
After earning the contract with Neiman's Lorraine hired Jenna as Sweet Lorraine's chief marketing officer, CMO. Jenna had grown the brand's online presence exponentially. Direct sales from Sweet Lorraine's website currently accounted for a third of the company's revenue, while the exclusive partnership with Neiman's provided the rest. Jessup quit his job at the feed store to serve as Sweet Lorraine's chief operating officer, COO. He was responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of an organization, including supply chain and logistics. All those years stocking the warehouse and delivering feed came in handy after all, he joked. Though the couple spent a lot of time in Dallas and in Southern California doing business with Neiman and their manufacturer lot Jessup, and Lorraine agreed they wanted their kids to grow up in Mountain Town. The slower pace of life and proximity to Jessup's family were more than money could buy. Punkin's mommy, Punkins, Bell shouted with delight as Jenna photographed the toddlers in the pumpkin pat. Wyatt was struggling to lift a giant pumpkin. Want help, buddy? Jessup called to him. No, I can do it. He insisted Jenna laughed, snapped a pic, and showed the preview panel on her digital camera to Lorraine. That's a keeper, Lorraine chuckled at the pained look on his face. Sweet Lorraine was successful far beyond Lorraine's dreams, and yet she had realized the simple life moments like this one in the pumpkin patch with her family and friends gave her life the most meaning. 